Welcome to Obsessed with Balance, the Aussie podcast for beginner triathletes looking to incorporate their love for swimming, biking and running into an already busy lifestyle. This is episode 3 and today we have my race report from the Sri Chimnoy Olympic Distance Triathlon in Canberra, um, done while I was driving back in the car from Canberra to Sydney on a rainy afternoon. We also have myself, Dan, Andrew and Mark, the four guys who did Round the Bay in a Day bike ride together, that's the 210k bike ride around Port Phillip Bay in Victoria, um, all get together a couple of weeks later and have a big bottle of beer, a giant three litre bottle of beer between us and have a bit of a chat about... Um, the pain of physios. And finally, there's a little bit of audio from the Nepean Triathlon on the 18th of November 2007, um, which I did down in Penrith. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back. I just recorded a whole bunch of audio in the car that I can't use because a little recording device was rattling against the side of the ashtray. So I've wrapped it in a little napkin here and hopefully that's going to start working. I guess it's one of the hazards of beginner podcasters trying to work out how to get the right sound quality in different recording situations, but there goes one. So all the spontaneity's gone, but I'll try to come back with pretty much the same report that I gave a few minutes ago um, about, the, well, basically a race report from the Sri Chimnoy Classic Triathlon in Canberra. I've just finished it up, and I'm now driving back to Sydney. I've got to be a little careful along the freeway here, or the the highway, because as I talked about yesterday, you've had this 24-hour mountain bike race, which finished up about an hour and a half ago. Uh, So this road is packed with cars, with trailers, with bikes on the roof, with bikes on the racks on the back. Filthy mountain bikes with numbers still on them. Clearly, there's a lot of people who are very sleep-deprived, all driving back to Sydney. People who've been up for two days while also undertaking intense physical exercise. And I don't know if they're going to be their driving best, so I've really got to keep my eyes peeled. And it's starting to get a bit more traffic here. So if I do drift off a little bit, we'll start umming and ahhing. Obviously my attention is being properly spent on the road around me as opposed to the podcast, so I do apologise in advance for that. But let's just see how we go. Now, what can I tell you about today's race? It was fantastic. I had a really, really good time, and I thought the race was amazing. I'd thoroughly recommend it as well. As I mentioned at the very beginning, before the race, in the pre-race briefing, my personal pre-race briefing, anyway, to you, that it was a very mellow vibe, really relaxed atmosphere, very few people, small field, really small waves, and it just felt... Like, it didn't really feel like a huge race. It felt just like a mellow jaunt. Um, I mean, you still got the pre-race jitters, and obviously standing waiting for the start of the swim. I had that anxiety and that, those nerves and butterflies in the stomach. But that's what races are all about, and I wouldn't do without those. That's what makes it fun. But really, it was a very friendly bunch. And, for example, I was standing there, waist deep in the water at the swim start, chatting to a few people. All really, really nice. Everyone was just chilled out, not looking to go crazy or anything, or uber competitive. And I really, really like that. I've got to say that that's... I'd be more than happy to do more of these country-style races. Not that Canberra's country, but you know what I mean. With a smaller field and uh, less of a full-on atmosphere. So I saw, just before I started, I saw a bloke I know, Endo, an Irish guy, very fast runner. I met him in Painted the Domain. 
which for those of you who aren't from Sydney, Pain in the Domain is every Tuesday at lunchtime, it's a run session put on by the Sydney Striders, it's free to all, and you get probably five or six groups of people, of runners, graded by speed, you're self-seated, and you do a 20 minute, 20 to 25 minute fartlek session, running, you know, go from this statue here to that tree down there as fast as you can go, go! And there's hills, and there's stairs, and there's long sprints and short sprints and jogging in between. And look, if you if you are working in Sydney, or if you ever eat Sydney on holidays, or for what business, and you're free to Tuesday lunchtime, it starts at 12.50, right behind the State Library in that corner of the domain. And as I said, it's free to anyone to come along. Just join a group of the ability you think that you're at, and go for it. I was put onto it last year, and I absolutely love it. I do it every week. Anyway, I met this guy, this Irish bloke there, and um, it was his first triathlon, his first Olympic distance triathlon. And he was a little bit apprehensive about the swim, but he's not much of a swimmer, and apprehensive about the ride as well. He knew he'd kill it in the run. Uh, he's a lot faster than me, he's up chasing it every time, every week. But he went really, really well. Congratulations, Endo. I, what happened in the end was, he started, he was a little younger than me, 20 to 29 age group, so his wave started five minutes after mine. And then with 2k to go in the run, there's a little bit of a roundabout turnaround where you can see the hill behind you. 2k to go, and I see he's right behind me, maybe two, 300 metres. And I know how fast this guy can run, and I know that he can easily run me down in that time. And he's obviously going to beat me by five minutes no matter what, because he started the wave ahead, but I was like, I have to cross the line before this guy. So I hammered it out, and as it turned out, I managed to just keep in front of him. And I crossed over. Uh, one of his friends had taken a photo, and I crossed over maybe a second before him. But, you know, you take these small victories where you can get them. I'm stuck behind a guy with about ten bikes on his roof. And another guy in the lane beside me seems to like to swerve times. Now the start of the race, I've got to, let's start with the swim, the first part of any triathlon. I've got to say that I really like the lake swim. I am a big fan of that. Uh, it's something I've never tried before, as I mentioned before. But compared to open water, it was, well, I guess there was no wind this morning, so it was completely flat. There was no chop, which was a real bonus and much easier to swim through. Also much easier to sight, and that was the other huge thing that I, I noticed. You could actually see, every time you stuck your head up, you could see the boy very, very clearly. Which is a brand new thing for me, getting used to the ocean swimming, where you'd be lucky if you'd even spot a glimpse of the boy one time in ten when you stick your head up over the waves and the chop and bodies thrashing around you. The other good part about it was that it was such a small feel that every wave was just tiny. I don't know how many were in mine, I'd estimate maybe 20 if that. So there was no none of that nightmare thrashing around, washing machine, kicked in the face, scratched. <laughs> and uh, well, I, I can tell you, the first time I did a triathlon, this, uh, this BRW, St. George Triathlon in the city, I, the first few minutes I thought, what the hell have I done? Because it felt like a horror movie. You know when you see people, or you, I don't know if you ever have dreams, or you think you're in a horror movie, I have had on occasion, and you just can't get away, and there's people grabbing at you, and people like, I don't know, zombies or something. It's just like, it was like that. You were like in this mass, this writhing mass of humanity, and you're being kicked in the face continuously, and the people behind you feel like they're grabbing your legs and pulling you back. Oh my god, it was a nightmare. 
And it's, I guess, one of the reasons people freak out about triathlon is the swim part. And certainly in the bigger races, well, the ones I've done, I've probably done more ocean swims than triathlons, but the big field ones, it is very much like that, and it's scary. But doing it one of this size was amazing because I just took off and, look, I bumped into one guy once, and that was accidentally because we were both sort of swimming into each other. It could have easily been avoided, and I didn't touch another person the whole way through. As a matter of fact, I ended up drafting this one guy, not intentionally, but he was at exactly the same speed as me, just a half a body length ahead of me. And we were obviously, because we were both sighting quite easily to the boys, we were keeping exactly the same line. And I ended up right behind his back to the left of his feet for a long, long time. It was kind of cool. I don't know if it gave me any advantage or not, but I've heard about drafting in a swim. So, I guess I was trying it for the first time, unintentionally. But the, yeah, so the swim was great. You'd swim out, you went around this big island, spinning island, the lake and came back. The water quality, there was no slime, there was no foam, it smelled fine. It was brown, sure. And it wasn't exactly the clearest of things, but it was fresh water. I didn't, I tried to keep my mouth shut, so I didn't taste any of it. But it certainly seemed to be okay to me. I don't know what kind of hideous disease I might end up with tomorrow. I'll get back to you on that. But it seemed fine, and it was it was actually a really nice swim. I tried to take it pretty mellow. I didn't want to sprint, shoot up my heart rate. I just thought I'm going to concentrate on lengthening my strokes and on sighting properly, and on just trying to get there in an easy, fluid style. And it did feel very, very good. And I came out... Uh, just over 25 minutes, 25 minutes and 30 seconds, something like that. So that was the swim. Went from the swim to the... Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, at the beginning of the swim, um, got my wetsuit half on and I'm standing there in the water. It was a waist-deep start, which is something I haven't done before. I've only ever done either running in off the beach, which is always quite cool, diving under waves and whatnot, and uh, porpoising. And the other kind is a deep ocean, or the deep water start, where you're actually treading water there for a while, until they tell you to go. Whereas this one, we were just standing in up to our waists, and, you know, the guy said, all right, off you go. <laughs> we jumped in and went. And I've got to say, I rate it. It was quite cool. Again, it went with the whole mellowness of the, of the race. And just beforehand, I'm there with my wetsuit half half up, around, hanging around my waist, and I'm trying to put it on. And suddenly I realised that it's got... It's like water the one time before. It's got this breakaway zipper. So when the zipper gets to the end, it just kind of pops off the, the rails. And it's supposed to. I guess to help you get out of it easier. But bloody hell, those things are hard to put on behind your back. I feel like I had to be a contortionist. So eventually I just had to flag one random guy down and go, mate, can you help me out? I feel like a woman in a changing room or something. Can you zip me up? But he did, and he was very nice about it. And um, I made another friend, had a good chat with him. He was a good bloke. Ended up thrashing him in the swim and then he flew past me in the bike and I finally caught him in the last cave run funnily enough but yeah really nice 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 guy don't remember his name of course hairy shoulders though anyway um, the swim was over came out got to transition actually had a bit of trouble getting my wetsuit off from my feet and I think what this means to me is I need I've only swum in a wetsuit once before I need to do a bit more wetsuit training at least go down to the beach get it on and off learn how to do the zip myself um, learned how to get it off my feet because I was sort of stuck there looking down at my feet with <laughs> the legs still on going, what do I do now? I don't know about you guys but I always feel kind of dopey when I come out of the swim as if the blood is all drained out of my head and I'm a 
which I'm normally a little bit cross-eyed from the goggles. So I feel a bit special needs when I come out of the water, and it takes me a little while to work out what the hell's going on, be able to even run in a straight line. But I worked it out eventually, got the wetsuit on, and off I went. Shortly afterwards, I got on the bike, and you know, within a couple of minutes, I felt I felt okay. Like my head was there, but what wasn't there was the legs. Oh my god, that was so sore. That stinking brick session I did yesterday, I thought that's going to kill me. I've done 20 meters on the bike, and my legs feel like slabs of concrete. How the hell am I going to do 40 k's in a 10k run? So I was having second thoughts about my strategy of, of this whole weekend pretty fatiguing myself. But I'll tell you what, five minutes in, the legs warmed up and they felt fine. They weren't fresh as a daisy, but they felt okay. So I was very, very happy with that. Now the ride wasn't the easiest ride, compared to the only other triathlon I've done, which was the Grinella one, which was pretty much a flat ride and a very smooth road surface. This one was hilly. It wasn't crazy steep hills or anything like that. But it was undulating almost the whole way around. Now that's fine. That was okay. There was probably three, yeah, I'd say about three uh, rises where you'd want to get out of your seat. Didn't have to. Good guys did. <laughs> Most people did get out of their seat for a little bit just to get over the little hill. Um, but they were short and they weren't ridiculously steep or anything like that. So, to be honest, I'm not too fussed about the hilly aspect of it for the half Ironman. It wasn't that hilly, right? It was hilly, yeah, it wasn't a flat course, but it wasn't bad. What was a bit of a shocker was the road surface. There were long stretches where it was... I've heard it described before as a dead road. I'm not 100% sure of the meaning of that term, but I think I found out today. Just one of those rattle trap roads where the shocks are just vibrating all the way up through the frame. And there's me, I don't have a carbon frame or anything like that, which I've heard dampens down the vibration somewhat. So I was feeling it pretty badly. I actually found it very uncomfortable to stay in the aero position because of that. Uh, I don't know why, but it was vibrating up through my elbows and my arms and whatnot. And a lot of times in that road, I had to just jump back up with the knee boots. But I guess that'll probably come with practice as well. And the other thing is I think I've been spoiled. I have been pretty much exclusively riding on nicely surfaced roads. And I know a lot of the roads aren't there aren't nicely surfaced. And I've got to get practicing on those kinds of roads because if it's going to happen like that in a race, I'm going to need to get used to it. This beeping you keep hearing, that is me exceeding the speed limit. My car is set to beep every time I go over the speed limit. It's got a cool little computer thing that uh, does that. So. I don't know if it's picking up on the audio, but every time I'm sort of overtaking someone or getting distracted, I'm just nudging over the speed limit. Otherwise, I've got it on cruise control and I've just got my feet up on the dashboard and I'm kicking it back. So the rough roads, yeah, yeah, that took a lot more out of me than the hills. The hills I didn't mind. As I said before, hills are, hills are good for me, being a light rider, but the, the bloody road surface was killing me. And that were the bits where I struggled. Those were the sections where I really felt it. I thought, oh my god, this is going to kill me. But in general, on the whole, the ride felt fine and my legs were okay. I was spinning freely. I got overtaken by virtually everyone. But that's, the bike is just my weak leg. I'm hopeless at it. I'm going along as hard as I can in my toughest gear, spinning fast, I think pretty fast. And thinking, yeah, I'm caning it. And then 
some bloke goes by me like I'm standing still. And two seconds later, he's off in the horizon, and I don't even see him again. And I think, bloody hell. And that happened every five minutes or so. All these guys are beating the swim. By me, they went on the bike, and I never... They just got too far ahead. I never see them on the run. Yeah, which is the only chance I have of really catching up with people. But I've got to get, I don't know, I've got to somehow work out my bike training a bit harder, especially when I start upping the distance to a half Ironman, because on a, what do you call it, proportionally the, the bike is the longest leg, easily, and also when you get to longer distances. So... I really have to fire that up to... I mean, I'm never going to be beating anyone. I have no cycling background. But even just to stay in touch, it would be nice not to be passed by every person in the pack. So I'm cruising along. Um, the other thing about the bike course in Canberra is it's absolutely beautiful. You go... Within a, a couple of minutes, you're out of the city, and then you're on these little country roads. Go to climb up these hills and you just see this vista around you of rolling farmland as far as the eye can see. And that was one of the times that I forgot I was in a race. I was just riding along with a big smile on my face looking around going, this is sensational. So that was cool. The other things uh, I guess I could talk about on the bike are the new things that I've tried in the race for the first time. One of which was the aero, profile aero drink system. A little bottle that hangs in between your aero bars with a straw. So you basically can stay in an aero position not that that really helps when you're going as slow as I am. I don't think aerodynamics and wind resistance is, a, is my biggest issue right now. But, you know, it's good practice. It sits in between your handlebars and you have the straw pretty much at your mouth level so you can drink without moving out of the aero position. And as I said, I tried that yesterday in brick and nearly choked myself, but today it worked fine. I got through the whole thing and I managed to drink normally. It tasted a bit rubbery, but that was only just the straw. It was, that was cool. Uh, the other thing, I guess, the aero bars were new. I used to have a set of aero bars that would, I bought a feedback that were too big for me. I couldn't even reach the, the bar ends, so I'm sort of riding on my elbows. Um, so I bought this new pair, and I, that was the first time I've raced with them. It's only the second time I even tried them. I tried them yesterday for the first time at Brick. And that was, they felt great. I was unable to stay in the aero position for the whole time, unfortunately. A lot of times I had to jump up onto the hoods just for somehow to get more power into my legs or to feel right. Part of it was a road surface, part of it is I just need a lot more practice staying in that position. I think that was it for the bike. As I said, I drank my bottle of water, I drank my bottle of uh, Endura, and with about five minutes left on the bike, I ate my gel. It seemed to work well, happy enough. My body certainly didn't bonk or anything like that. Not that it would on such a small race, but you never know. And that was the bike leg for me. I was happy enough with it. I mean, I'm always disappointed with the bike leg, but thats I always will be until I get my bike better. But in general, I was happy with the leg, and I did it in about, I think, an hour and 16 minutes, which is kind of cool. I did this thing, actually, today, where in my last, my only other Olympic distance race at Cronella, I didn't wear my heart rate monitor or a watch or anything like that. I just didn't want to have the distraction. I didn't want to have to have one more thing to think about. At that time, I had enough to think about my transitions and each sport in itself. So I didn't want to have uh, also anything go wrong, the heart the strap fall off, or, you know, it would have been a nightmare. So I left it off. This time I thought I'm going to wear the heart rate monitor. I'm not as stressed. I'm a bit more comfortable with the whole triathlon thing. So what I'm going to do is try to 
hit the lap button on it every time I come into a transition. So I have a split time for my swim, I have a split for my T1, my bike, my T2, my run. And I actually did another split halfway across the run when I got to um, 5k, I hit it again. So I have the, the first and half, first and last half of my run splits. Which I'm going to check out when I go home, and I'm quite excited about that. Um, which is, I guess, a bit nerdy in some ways, but it's, uh, be, I think it's going to be interesting information to at least work out how I did on each leg and what my average heart rate was on each leg. I'll be very interested to see what, what that comes out as. Um, so, finished the bike. T2 was quick, it was, I don't know, 30 seconds or something. I just poured some water over my head, threw on my hat suddenly realised that I had no sunscreen on my shoulders. I'd been smart enough to slip slops up on my nose and my face and my ears and my back of my neck. But I was wearing a t-shirt at the start. What about the damn shoulders? I don't know. I, I might be burned to a cinder. I have no idea. I'm going to have to check it out when I go home. Get on some aloe vera or something. But I realised at that point, like, oh, I'm hot. It's overcast, but sometimes I think that just magnifies the UV rays. So we'll see about that. Bear with me while I have a drink. off I went on the run and for the first bit of the run I, I had this thing sometimes where especially I guess in a triathlon where I'm already pre-fatigued and have done the bike beforehand I'm not sure if I feel like I'm running slowly but I'm actually running fast or at a good speed or if I feel like I'm running slowly and I am really plodding along I felt like I was running slowly my legs weren't exactly speeding along and I wasn't sure whether I was or not, so I thought I'd check out my split times. They had very kindly marked out the course every kilometre. So I got to one kilometre and I looked at my watch, and I got to two kilometres, looked at my watch, and I thought, man, that was like six and a half minutes. I'm now pretty slow. Well, for me, that's slow. Um, I did a half marathon just in September, the Sydney Blackmores half marathon, and I did just under four minute Ks. And I was very happy with that. I was stoked I was able to do that. But I thought I'd at least be able to hold four, four and a half minute Ks, but six and a half minute K for my second K? Nightmare. Ran down the road about three, four hundred metres, and there's the three kilometre sign. And that took me about two minutes to get to that one, so obviously the two kilometre was way out of whack. And as it turned out, I think I did just over four minute Ks the whole way through, so it was fine, but it was a bit of a shock there for a while. Anyway, the run is beautiful. It goes through a few suburban streets, and then there's a whole bunch of trail running. Going through the bush, this nice little soft, a few tree roots, um, little fire trail, and a little bit of single track. And it was really, really nice running. It's beautiful to be shaded amongst the trees, and it's just so much more interesting than pounding the asphalt. And the whole way through it was either in, in, in bush or in a park. So I really very much appreciated that, and it was a, a nice way to do a run. The, what else can I say about the run? I found it, yeah, I mean, I passed a few people, but as I said, a lot of the bike people were just so far ahead, I never saw them again. Um, hit the split at halfway, and my, I think I did 20 minutes and 30 seconds for the first half, and 20 minutes and 50 seconds for the second half, so not that different. Coming up to about, I drank at every water station, and just poured water on my head, because it was quite steaming at that time, as well. And I got to about a little turnaround at the 8K, and as I saw, as I told you, I saw uh, Endo right behind me, so I picked it up again. Uh, a guy passed me shortly after that, 
the only time I'd been passed on the run. And I thought, bugger, I don't like being passed on the run. But I ended up firing up and managed to pass him back about with about a K to go. So I was happy with that. So no one passed me on the run. Um, there was a guy in front of me that I was dying to catch and I was gaining and then he got ahead and I was gaining and he got ahead and he beat me quite easily in the end and I chatted to him as we finished and he said thank you thanks a lot I kept seeing you behind me just going I'm not letting that guy catch me and it made me work so much harder I said I'm glad I could be of assistance I was trying to chase you damn hard but I could not do it you were much faster so that was cool I love those little tussles you get even though it's only in your own head although sometimes in this case it's in both your heads and you both know what's happening so the run, yeah, the run was fairly flat. There was no hills or anything like that, and it was really, and it felt good the whole way through. The interesting, the thing I noted, I thought about on the run was, I was looking at my heart rate quite a bit. I've only just started really looking at my heart rate in races. I used to do quite a bit of training, but never really doing any races. So I just wanted to go and feel. But in my last few 10k races, I like pure 10k's, not the end of a triathlon. I've been going about average 177 on my beats per minute heart rate, which I assume is my lactate threshold. They say that a pace that your hardest possible pace that you can maintain for longer than half an hour is that heart rate is your lactate threshold, which is, I mean, I'm simplifying it a lot, I've got to say, but it's one way to test for it, self-test for it, because it's the, the idea of a lactate threshold is your body produces lactic acid all the time. At most paces, you can, at, at aerobic pace, I should say, your body's able to dispose of it more quickly than you are producing it. So it doesn't build up in your muscles. When you get to at the anaerobic threshold or lactate threshold, the lactic acid, your body is producing it faster than your muscles can get rid of it. Which means that having lactic lactate lactic having lactic acid makes makes you in a bit of pain apparently. Um, and it, it'll stop you pretty soon. That's why you can't go for very long over that threshold. So I thought 177 is my is my lactate threshold, and I should be running about that. But I couldn't get really get over 160. You know, maybe 162 on the on the hills. So I don't know if that's something to do. I'm going to read up on this. If that's something to do with being at the end of a of a long bike ride, if you can't push your heart rate that high. But then again, you know, my speed wasn't that much below what I'd normally run a 10k in. Maybe two or three minutes, but not too bad. So I'm not too fussed about that. Finished it up and chatted to a few of the guys. Everyone had a very similar feel about it. I chatted to um, Endo and a mate of his, an Irish bloke. Big, lanky, sort of, um, I don't know, six foot three, six foot four. Really nice Irish guy. We had a bit of a chat and he ended up, I found out later that he won not only our age group, he was in the same age group as me, 30 to 39 male, but he won the whole damn thing. And it was funny, because I wish I could, I'd got an interview with him. Because he had very much the same feeling as a lot of us did about the race. He just really enjoyed the, the small field and felt the same way about the road surface and the hills and, and whatnot. And it was cool. I've never spoken to a winner of one of these races before, so I wish I had, uh, had taken that. I also wish I had some guy, why would you change lanes into the fast lane and then break? I don't understand this. Um, what I was going to say was I, I would have liked to have also got down on audio 
my interview with one of the interview it was a chat without the audio it's really just a chat not an interview isn't it a chat with the, one of the volunteers who told me a bit more about Street Chinglo which I'll let you in on in a minute um, unfortunately at that time I was wearing my my skimpy little one piece tri suit and my audio recorder was back in the car so I couldn't take any audio and it didn't matter because it was the wind had really picked up and it would have just, the quality would have been terrible. It would have just been the sound of wind everywhere. So it wouldn't have been, neither of them would have worked anyway. But I had a chat to this guy who won and I had a chat with a few other people around. Everyone was just really nice and friendly. Saw a couple of people from the triathlon club that I'm a member of. And I did, I'd seen them by face but didn't really know their names. So we met and we chatted for a bit. And then we queued up for a free massage. They had about eight or nine massage students there. And there was, when I say queue, there was like three people ahead of me jumped in and they gave me a 20 minute massage oh my god I highly recommend it it was fantastic um, it felt really really nice just to get it was gentle as I suppose it's supposed to be directly after a race but uh, it felt really really good really passed out on that table anyway that was that then I just sort of wow this guy just passed me on a, on a Harley and he must be uh, if this guy's not 150 160 kilos I don't know he's massive moving though. Glad. So anyway, here we go. I'm overtaking and I'm beeping again. Had my massage. Went and got a veggie burger. Went and had a chat to um, this volunteer. I thought I want to find out about this thing. Turns out I am saying it right. Sri Chimnoi. I shouldn't have doubted my pronunciation. I said, look, what's the story with... I heard that um, Sri died last week, and I'm really sorry to hear that. Can you tell me what the story is with um, with this event, with the whole philosophy behind it, and about Sri Chimno as a person? Could you tell me a bit about it? Now, I don't know how much of this is true. I can't vouch for any of the accuracy. It's something that you'll have to check out yourself if you want on the internet or whatever. But what I can report is what she told me and my recollection of it. So here goes. Sri Chimnoy was Sri Chimnoy died on the 11th of October 2007 of a heart attack just last week. He was born 76 years ago in Bengal, apparently in the area part of the Bengal area which is now Bangladesh. He, as a younger man or a child, he was um, very much into running, and apparently was a really good runner. Uh, after a while, he had bad knee problems and had to give the running up. And then later on in life, he took up weightlifting, apparently. But not just any weightlifting. Not the old clean and jerk that you see at the Olympics or the boys you see at Fitness First. No, he liked to lift planes, um, railway carriages, cars. This is what she told me. I'm going to have to check this out because maybe there's some footage on YouTube or something. I don't know. It sounds pretty crazy stuff. So there's old Street picking up airplanes. Um... So he, that, I guess that was just part of his thing. One of his other things, apparently he sounds like a man of many, many different interests. I guess he was obsessed with balance as well. He was saying that, she was saying, sorry, that he, meditation's a huge thing about what he's, he's about. And they've got his followers, I suppose, followers, I don't know how you'd say it, disciples, whatever they are, all over the, all, they have different chapters various cities all over Australia and apparently all over the world. And one of the things they help people out with is meditation. 
and how to meditate properly and, and give you tips on that. And apparently, you know, they give you free classes and whatnot, so that could be kind of interesting to check out. Um, and the, uh, along with the meditation stuff is the whole idea of self-transcendence. Now, I'm not 100% sure what this means. She didn't really go into it. So I can't really let you in on that one. I'd like to find out. But self-transcendence through any number of activities, one of which is athletic. But apparently it can be anything. It could be music or whatever blows you, whatever floats your boat, blows your hair back. Um, but one of the major things is athletic endeavor. So what, so hence the organized runs, the swims, the triathlons, and all the various events. Apparently they, each chapter, she's from Melbourne, she said, look, every once a month they have these Street Chignoy organization that puts on these uh, runs in Melbourne. So, and obviously there's quite a few going on in Canberra. Apparently there's, there's one going on in a couple of weeks' time called the Triple Triathlon, which, that sounds pretty intense. It's three, something like the equivalent of three Olympic distance triathlons in a row. You, you swim, you bike, you run, then you get back in for another swim, another bike, another run, then you do them again. I think you can do it all in one hit if you're mental, or you can do it as a team. And I think a lot of it's off-road, maybe all of it's off-road, like mountain bike riding and trail running and stuff. It sounds pretty awesome. I don't think I'll be doing it this year, but it's certainly something that I'm going to keep in mind for later down the track. So this is what she told me. I don't know if there's anything else that I've missed out. As far as I remember, we just sort of chatted about that. She was lovely, and I've got to say, all the volunteers at today's event were fantastic. They were so smiley and so sweet. All gave you a big clap, and... um. I'd be good on you and a, a few words of encouragement as you went past them. And I don't know if they're all involved with the Sri Chibnoy Foundation or organization, whatever you'd call it, or if they were just doing it to help out on the triathlon day, but yeah, really nice people. And it, it really added to that kind of fun vibe of the event, as opposed to, it didn't feel grueling is what I'm trying to say, it just felt enjoyable. So that's, I think, all I could really bore you with today um, I ended up finishing the triathlon in 2 hours and 26 minutes did I already mention this? See, I'm having a bit of doubt now because I, I'm saying this twice anyway because I recorded it half an hour ago and I, all the audio was crap so I've had to re-record it so I don't know if I've said it before in the last um, unusable version or if I've said it twice in this one but you know what you can suffer through it if you've heard it before I finished in 2.26 and a bit which I was very happy with, considering I wasn't pushing as hard as I could have, considering that I had had a fairly full training week and a hard training session yesterday, and considering the hills and the road surface were a lot worse on the ride than on the last Olympic distance I did. And I did something like 221, 222 on the last one. So I am stoked, and I'm very much looking forward to finishing this goddamn drive-off, getting home and seeing my wife, my cats, and having a beer and having a nap, man. Anyway, that's it for me today. Um, I hope everyone's going to do well, and uh, we'll see what Dan has in store, how he mixes all this stuff together, and what he's got in store for the next podcast. Adios. All right, thank you, me. Now, last Sunday, 4th of November, speed bump, speed bump, bus. Oh, oh, yeah. 
playing Frogger or something. Last Sunday, 4th of November, in Australia, we had a few little things on. There was the Noosa Olympic Distance Triathlon, probably one of the biggest races of the year. And also the Port Macquarie Half Ironman, another one of the biggest races of the year. Neither of which I may attend did. What we did instead was the Sydney to the Gong bike ride, which is a fun event, 90Ks, um, goes from St. St. Peter's, Olymp uh, Sydney Park, down to the Gong, through the National Park. I think this microphone is cutting out. Sydney to the Gong bike ride, which goes from uh, Sydney Park in St. Peter's all the way down to Wollongong. 90 kilometres. That was a pretty fun day for the whole family. Started off pouring rain, ended up bright, brilliant sun, and me and another mate Brad, just climbing up a hill here, decided to, uh, to ride halfway back. We had this whole grand plan. I was doing it with Dan, Andrew and Mark, Marty and Brad. Then Andrew, Mark and I all entered into the uh, Canberra Half Ironman. So it's going to be a really good idea to do the ride, do 90Ks, throw in our running shoes, punch out a 10K run at the end as a sort of a brick session in preparation. But as it turned out, Dan injured his leg. Mark pulled out of the ride altogether with citing family commitments. And um, Andrew forgot his shoes. So, so we got to the end, it was just me. Oh, I wasn't about to go and do a freaking 10k run by myself at that stage. I needed support. But then Brad, one of the other guys, rabid mountain biker, and damn fit guy, said, look, well, I'm going to ride back to Waterfall. You want to come? So I said, oh, sure, why not? So exactly halfway back, 45Ks, we rode back, saw the, you know, the last hour or two of the riders coming through, the other direction, which was kind of cool, the view was beautiful, the weather was perfect, a couple of hills which are pretty intense, it was a bloody good day. Anyway, at the end of it all, a couple of days later, um, Mark, Dan, Andrew and myself decided to get together, have dinner and a couple of beers and just have a chat about things. Dan got this freaking, I don't know how big it is, three or four litre stubby. It's like a giant Darwin stubby on steroids of Leffy, this dark Belgian beer that's, oh, it's like 8% or something ridiculous. Alright, some dogs. Morning. Friendly, aren't they? I love it when you say good morning to people, look them in the eye, and they're completely blank here. Good old Sydney. Add that to the bugbear collection. Now, we we decided to um, crack the lefty, have a few glasses, and uh, Dan made a strange stir fry over the barbie. We all sat around and shot the shit, so 
I recorded some random audio. I don't know if it's any good or not. I'll see if I can put a chunk of it on here. Here we go. So, when he massaged you back, you went away the pain, or...? Um, no. <laughs> no, his back's, his back's killing him. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, he started doing... He said he'll do his neck next week. Because <laughs> his neck will sort his back out. <laughs> That's right, I keep going to my head. The back side of the, the toes brain. again. Yeah. But you know, it's like... I mean, but, yeah, he, he's, he's so quick. brutal that oh, he's and I was, the, the, you know, you guys all go to the same guy. Well, yeah, because Dan referred us to. Him. I went there once with my car. It's a nice difference to Dan's injury, and he got me to stand on that mm. silver thing that he's made up where he goes. You got to stand. And he looked at my foot. He said, "You're supposed to be able to touch the base of that," and I was about that far away. <laughs> and, and he was obviously really concerned because he was working with this other patient. All he kept doing was looking at me, going. It's just not going down, is it? You're not, they're not getting any nearer. <laughs> he said, no, no, get, get back on that bed. You know, he, he was really baffled with it. Why are you so stiff there? Mm. And then he started on my legs. He said, you turn him out the squat. It's a wood, mate. <laughs> he started getting more and more brutal on me. And I said, no, no, I'm always a bit like this. I'm always like this before he crippled me. <laughs> That was pretty good. I said, uh, and you know Mark, I said, did you? Oh, yeah, tight as a nut. He was. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, <laughs> you took him to the very edge. What was wrong with you? Uh, ITB. Uh, oh, okay. Ding down the side. Yeah, down the band yeah. down the side. Just one side or both sides? Uh, right side. So he cut his elbow in and drove it all the way from oh. the hip all the way down to the knee. And he does. I've had the, the, uh, the, cool. break, the breaking up and the scar tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they get yeah. It's painful. And, that, and that was it. You didn't go back after that. Well, I didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I needed. Yeah. I needed to see. It was less pain. painful when you weren't there, so you yeah. thought, oh, well. it was less painful. I then had post-traumatic stress disorder, so I had to go see someone else. I've had several pillow biters. Uh, absolutely, so gripping on it. Sweat coming down. Yeah. <laughs> If I scream, will that be a bit? He was laughing today because I'm always chatting, so I'm always saying. And then, and then we're, we're going down. Ah. <laughs> Conversation stopper. <laughs> he just like, I'll oh, shut up, Dan. And then, and then, and then the last time I went, he said, You were saying? Yeah. <laughs> he just. He knows, yeah. There was one point I said, no. Look, you, you, you do know that this is hurting. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of realise I'm in intense sort of, agony, right? I wasn't now. sure whether I should be saying, you know, raising <laughs> the flag. And then, yeah. Sort of. Are you, you going to stop when it, you know, when, when, I, when you break a bone? Or <laughs> you know you're actually hurting me. Yeah. You don't know if it's going to say, duh. That's what I'm here for. Or, yeah. you're, you're kidding, that hurts. <laughs> I've got no idea. That's why, just so strong. It's like. You could be causing permanent damage to me. <laughs> I was going to. At one point, he went in for another kind of ball with his thumbs, and I just kind of like, I had a sort of reflexive kind of impulse to move yeah. my leg away. It was a jump off of the table and run out the door. <laughs> the cave, the the caveman takes over. <laughs> it was a sign for him. Stop my leg kind of flinching no! away. Get off! I think that's when I had my eyes. <laughs> Please let me go on soon. Oh dear, it's just brilliant. Yeah, I. I've lied there before, I'm prepared. I don't know how much pain I'm supposed to be in. I can stand a bit more if that's what you really think I need to do. I'm prepared to do that, but it's really, really hurting. That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. And I've sort of gone, 
you know, it's obviously right that, you know, you think, I don't mind the pain if it's actually helping. I'm thinking I should be able to tough out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stop being sheer agony, like... That's the thing. I think once he said, on a scale of one to ten, how much did that hurt? Well, I thought eleven. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I came in here, that would have been a ten. But I've no idea what you're capable of. This is reminding me of the film Marathon Man for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> is it safe? <laughs> The heights of pillow binding. This isn't. This isn't, um, this isn't a physio sort. When Sarah, I women were supposed to do all of this. Not <laughs> when Sarah got her last tattoo when we were in Thailand. She's had half a dozen, but she got this one. Stopped out of Thailand. On her lower back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She got this one at the very end bottom of her lower back. Take it. And she was like, "This is so painful." I said, "Here you go." I was reading a novel at the time. I had my little bag. I said, "Here you go. Just bite on that." <laughs> she nearly bit through the face. Really? I was reading it later on, and I nearly got to the middle before I got away from her teeth marks. No! <laughs> she she like, literally the... nearly bit through the freaking book. She like, needs to see a dentist. It's a good, like, 120 the, uh... pages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've never had, that, I had a tattoo, but is it that painful? I don't know. It depends it's... where you get them, I think. On near the bone is apparently painful. Um, painful. You mean as in Thailand? Thailand. Sydney's alright. I think lower back is right on the spine. There's not oh, a lot of fat or anything there. Yeah. The other one, she's had. She's got around her arm, and she said when it gets to the oh, back of your arm, would be... it's quite painful. I got one just here on my ribs, and that was oh, pretty yeah. painful. Oh yeah. Oh, very cool. Surfing one. Wave, yeah. yeah. Very good. So on the ribs. Nice. When he got the ribs, it was like because there's nothing there. That was. No, I'd have to. I'd be alright. I'd be okay. So we're going to wrap up this episode with a little bit of audio from the Nepean Triathlon, um, 18th of November 2007, on a stinking hot day out in Western Sydney, um, starting off with, I guess, my race report. I just had the audio recorder running while I was chatting to my wife on the phone about how I thought it went, just uh, shortly after the finish, and then we got a little bit from the announcer. Um, getting the guys to stand up who've done every single one of Australia's oldest running triathlon, 26 in all. Um, that was quite cool to see that. So here we go. Me! <laughs> Great! It was awesome. It was really good. I was worried I would, because my legs are fucked when I woke up, but um, it was good. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks, hon. you got to come next year. It's actually really the best one of these I've seen for um, spectators. Because it... Oh, I sort of, I, you know, I just felt like, oh, it's just going to be a little thing. I don't want you to have to worry about it. And you come in next week, I don't want you to feel like I have to come every <laughs> But it's it's actually a good spectator event because the swim is actually, a, it's the Olympic regatta centre where the boats, uh, you know, the sculling, rowing competition went. Um, so it's like a man-made, I guess like a lake, but it's a square lake that's long. So you actually walk down a cay and then you swim back that cay. So you can, you can walk, so, you know, instead of just simply at the start and the end, you can just walk along and just see them the whole way down the swim. And then there's um, two laps of the bike and two laps of the run. And you can, so you see people heaps of times. And it was a nice little atmosphere. It was good. Uh, I went with Michael, um, the guy from Balmoral Triathlon Club. And, uh, and yeah, and he, he was like, oh, this is the best. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this race. I'm going to tell everyone how good it is. So it was cool. Yeah, so we're just done it now. And we're going to, um, they're just about to do the Lucky Door Prizes. The oldest triathlon in Australia, and I think it's one of the best, and uh, I'm not being that biased, 
But if you could stand up and just wave your hand up and down, I know you're probably going to struggle a little bit. But Peter Smith from Adelaide, Greg Chapman from Penrith, Greg Davies from Berriedale, and Eugene Irving from Carlton. Stand up, boys. They've done every single one. Let's give them a round of applause. Greg Davies is a Ben Kelly lookalike over there. Chapman's a bloke that's got no cartilage in his knees. Where's uh, Eugene? Eugene's up there. He was the fastest out of all of them. And uh, the guy that brought up the rear, Peter and Smith, wherever you peak from Adelaide, he actually is the only one that got the prize for placing. So how does that work? So congratulations, and we'll see you for number 27. I do know there's a number of people that have dug over 20. Put your hand up. I know there's a couple of you. And uh, congratulations to you, and well done to our first-timers as well. So keep coming back. Well, that's it for another episode of Obsessed with Balance. Join us next time for episode four, where you can hear about Mike's adventures as he went to the Newcastle Olympic try. You can hear about my sporting background and how someone who couldn't swim or bike or even run very well ended up being involved in this wonderful sport. And finally, Mike's thoughts as he started to taper and uh, really prepare for the Canberra Half Ironman. So uh, join us next time. In the meantime, train safe, race hard, and stay obsessed.